There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of In My Truth. I have a guest today all the way from Australia, Eliza Headley. Eliza and I know each other through the Fit for Service program, which I feel like I'm on repeat the last uh, three or four podcasts I've kind of given that same intro um, but you actually uh, left the program earlier in the year but were already connected to people and when we met I then found out that you were from Australia so that was kind of cool so <coughs> I'm here in Colorado you're in where are you I'm in Perth oh Perth there you go okay you're yeah. in Perth um, so yeah tell us a little bit about you Eliza Oh my God, thanks so much, Sarah. Um, so my name's Eliza um, I'm currently a holistic nutritionist which is just like the greatest thing I ever discovered. Um, and then at the moment, I'm studying naturopathy as well, which is herbal medicine. That's definitely just like my deep-rooted passion. And then, yeah, I'm all the way over in Perth in WA in Australia. And then met all you guys for the Fit for Service community. Oh, amazing. I love it. All right. Well, what, let's just dive into our conversation today. What is the biggest thing that's coming up for you, the biggest kind of untruth or thing that you're kind of working through at the moment? Um, for me, it's definitely just self-worth in every single facet, whether it's still like body image and embracing and accepting what I look like as my body changes as being a girl day to night, every week, every day, your body is consistently changing. Mm -hmm. um, and then even in the facet of just being worthy to 
speak and have a platform. Like I find Instagram, Instagram is such an amazing tool because it gives so many people the opportunity and the platform to really express themselves. And then I sometimes catch myself like people will be like, oh my God, like asking for advice and all these things. And you're like, who even am I to give another human being like advice on how they can better themselves just through my own journey. So I definitely kind of get that like my own journey isn't good enough to help other people kind of thing. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just, it's freaking always just self-worth in every single facet, whether it's dating, business and everything. Yeah. I, th- I find it fascinating. I mean, it comes up for me as well. I think I've yeah. worked through like a lot of it in terms of business, just because of the experience I've had that being said, whenever I'm pushing into something different or bigger, like it'll rear its head again. Yeah. Um, I think right now I feel like, okay, in that area, but like dating and relationships, um, for sure. I'm just like, I don't even know. And then yeah. also with my sharing, like I'm comfortable having a platform and having a profile, but I'm sharing very openly and very vulnerably. And, you know, it, sometimes it can be uncomfortable for people in my life to read those things that I'm writing. And I think that's where I struggle the most with for me, it's like a very much a feeling of like not being enough and not being like the way that I should be, like the good yeah. version of Sarah. Um, yeah. And if someone's upset with me, I just like massively struggle. And that's like been my struggle the last couple of weeks where um, it's just been, it been really difficult to try to like sit with that discomfort of like, someone being uncomfortable with something I said on social media. Um, I've, I've spoken about this a couple of times because I've recorded some podcasts very close together. So I'm yeah. not avoiding detail. It, it was about my mum, but I, I went into it in the last episode a bit, but I can totally relate. What are the things that like are triggering you right now in that space? Um, I think it's just, I'll post something and it feels so natural and like my truth. And then, but like instantly I'll have that like inner judge, like, oh my God, what are people going to think? Like, are people going to think I'm like a loser and all these things? And then I know for me, I literally would just retell myself, like people follow you for a reason. People don't have to follow you. They can mute you. They can unfollow you. Like people who are tuning into what you're saying are genuinely people who want to hear what you have to say. So I know for me, that's what I will literally tell myself every time I feel super vulnerable and put something out that's like, a real insight into me. I'm just like, hey, if people don't like this, they can just leave. It's never, and so just deflecting, not deflecting, but more understanding that it's not me, it's them. Like I'm making myself feel uncomfortable judging them when I'm just judging myself yeah. from them judging me potentially, which isn't <laughs> even really happening. It's just a story. The story you but tell But it's so yourself, difficult when you're in the middle of it. It is. Like, yeah. When you're in it, you're just, I, I yeah. yeah. When we're in the middle of it, we can't, the logic doesn't necessarily work I mean before we jump on the show you said you're like feeling a little bit nervous even yeah. about coming on the show like what 100%. what what was coming up with that it's, it's more just like oh my god like all these it's it's the discomfort when you do something you've never done before and you're just like like last night I was like it's okay like challenge is what you want you want something different you want something that scares you because if it's not scaring you then you're just staying in your comfort zone and we all know nothing grows in a comfort zone and so it's just like this fear of just not being not bringing anything amazing or good to the table, which is again, that inner judge of just like who determines what's amazing, who determines what's good, who determines what's valuable to someone. Like it's just, Mm. do you know what I mean? Like, do you get that as well? And people, and even like interviewing people, do you ever feel like, how am I going to do this? Is what I'm going to say be a great 
episode to help people? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I guess I was judging myself a moment ago because I was like, oh, you've already talked about this stuff. Like you can't talk about it again kind of thing. And like, sometimes I feel like, oh, really, Sarah? Like the same, you're still struggling with with whatever it might be. But like, guess what? I am. (laughs) And, you know, that's, I'm judging myself on that and I need to just be okay with it. Like, you know, the things that I'm struggling with after my marriage ended, you know, almost three years ago and I've been exploring non-monogamy and going down this path and I was dating for a while and I broke up with my ex six months ago and that's been a really, really big struggle for me. And like, it still is actually, like it's definitely getting better the last month or so. I feel like I've really turned a corner, but I, you know, I definitely hear myself and feel myself still in the struggle of like being single, so to speak, and getting used to um, being on my own. Like, and today is just a day where it's really uncomfortable, where I'm missing yeah. like having a partner, I'm missing yeah. um, having that comfort. And it's it's interesting because it's not so much about like, I really want to be in a relationship. It's more just like, oh man, I'm really doing this work to sit with myself when I sometimes don't want to. And it's hard. And you have to look at like, well, I have to look at like, where does it all come from? Like, where did it come from in my life that I chose this path of like always being in a relationship and never being single? Um, You know, and that was all stuff to do with abandonment and things that I experienced when my parents split up. Um, And now I'm like 38 years old and trying to heal (laughs) those wounds from when I was 13 because it's impacted so much of my life. Do you kind of know where some of your feelings come from? Like, have you? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm the same as you. Like the work never ends. Like you think you've like, you're like, I, I, you think you've had the breakthrough and then something happens and you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm still here. Like I thought I had unpacked, faith, dealt, thanked, released. And then it's still just hiding over there. And you're just like, how are you still here? Um, no, I'm similar to you. I've, I've had and worked through and still work through um, abandonment issues with my dad. Like growing up, so my mum died when I was 11 and then our whole family dynamics just completely like overnight shifted. And then as I went into teenage years and like I am as much to blame as anybody is. Um, yeah, just the feeling of not worthy of love, not worthy of attention. And then that has played out in any relationship or any even interaction with guys that I've had because it's just this I've seen it act out this childlike need for attention and validation and worthiness um Mm. and then like trying to heal that part and like reconnect with my dad and like that's been amazing and it's helped but it's still it's still something that's there and I'm like the opposite of you like I haven't dated anyone in three years because I'm just very much I don't have such a story I tell myself, but I truly am. I'm okay being single and on my own, but there is also, there was a massive fear that like I'm single because nobody wants to love me because I'm not worthy or I'm too much or I'm just, you name all these things that you can go through when for me that for a long time, I was like, oh my God, like I'm just not wanted. No one wants me. And then that for me really like stuck, like stuck the knife back in that old room that I thought I'd healed. It's just, yeah, it's childhood. Yeah. Mm, so interesting because I have those stories, like as I'm more in truth around who I am and what I need yeah. in relationship, I have those same stories of like, oh, well, 
you're not conventional. Yeah. Like who's going to want to date someone who's non-monogamous? Who's going to want to date someone who loves to travel as much as you? Yeah. And like, I've got to catch myself and be like, don't tell yourself those stories. Cause you know, we make, we make the things mm-hmm. true that we, <laughs> that we talk 100%. about <laughs> Yeah. something really interesting that's come up for me lately that you just reminded me of is, um, cause I've always had relationships have kind of come fairly easily to me. Um, and there's some like, not not so healthy dynamics as to why but they've always been mm-hmm. there but the thing that i've always resisted is family so yeah, i've always insane. dated men who were also a little estranged from their families and i decided pretty early on that i didn't really want to have children i've always been like open to it and maybe it'll happen so not, never say never but roughly i've lived this life of like having a partner who's also not really close with his family and then we create our own little just the two of us against the world type yeah. thing and then <laughs> and then I'm not you know then we have the story that we're not going to have kids and I've just realized that I have this story that I'm like not deserving or not worthy of like a family um, and I think like my dad was an entrepreneur and he was very busy even when my parents were together so he wasn't really around and I don't have like heaps of memories of like family vacation or I don't know, just like family things. I do have some memories for sure, but like, I don't, yeah, I I guess there's this, there must be this feeling in me that I haven't, I don't ever remember thinking it consciously as a child that like, oh, my parents split up because of me or my family blew up because of me. I don't remember consciously thinking of it, but I've just been digging into that the last few days where I'm like, there's definitely a story there somewhere that like, I don't, you know, I'm not worthy of being surrounded by family and having like, tradition and like generations around me and all of that I'm such like an independent lone ranger and my last relationship my boyfriend actually was really close with his family had the most beautiful loving amazing family and when we split up I mean that was a really big part of it was I lost that family and my heart just broke and I grieved but I had this sense of like yeah well you never belonged there you didn't deserve it you didn't you know they didn't probably didn't love you or whatever like and it's so tough because obviously if we split up like you know his family's gonna be loyal to him and stuff but that was just a really tough thing for me where I felt like oh I finally had this kind of family that but there was always a feeling that I didn't really deserve it and then in the end you know it felt like that came true Um, once again it's just a story (laughs) no I'm I'm very similar in that regard like the very the story of being independent and not needing anybody and being okay um, but then I'll definitely have the moments where I'm just like, holy fuck, like, I think I'm lonely. Like, I actually miss that intimacy and having a partner and being that version of yourself when you're with somebody. But then I, I'm like, I reflect and look back at my previous and I was very much, I had like a Jesus complex. I just wanted to save the guy. I'd find boys that were a bit, in my personal opinion, broken or they had some kind of, yeah, family dysfunction that I could relate to and help fix. And it would be like, yeah, like you and me create your own little, your own little thing. But then, you know, it's just, it's truly not what you want or need. And it's just not healthy, but you're so in it that you don't even see it until you're out of it. And in hindsight, it's just like, you did it again. Like, what are you doing? Like this same reoccurring <laughs> pattern. And you're like, I, I don't understand how I keep going for boys who are either trigger my own attachment system. Um, or just make me into a person that I, I truly don't want to be mm. in that relationship. Yeah. It's so interesting. The whole attachment, attachment theory, whatever um, the technical term to refer yeah. to it is, but I always thought, I, I think I always would have profiled as secure and, and for people listening mm. who are not across it, there's 
essentially three attachment styles, anxious, secure, and avoidant. There are some other kind of combinations of those, but Mm. sort of, you know, when times get tough, what do you do? And a secure person kind of will just stay with it. An anxious person will cling to it and lean into it and an avoidant person will move away from it. So obviously if you're in relationship, um, there are always going to be triggers and then, Mm. and and challenging times. And uh, the relationship I was previously in was, I would, it triggered my anxious that I didn't realize I had. Mm. And he was avoid because he was avoidant. So if you have an anxious and avoidant together, it's a very rocky roller coaster. Yeah. But I probably always would have profiled as secure had I like done a questionnaire or whatever, because I think I also always dated other people with anxious attachment styles. So because we were probably more like codependent because we would lean into mm. the challenge, but probably not in a super healthy way. Um, but I didn't realize because I always felt safe in the relationship. I didn't feel like one of us was going to walk out. Um, and that feeling for an anxious person is like so difficult. Um, yeah. When you have abandonment wounding, it's like, that's your deepest fear. And that was my deepest fear and it all, it all came true for me, but that allowed me to face it and move through it. But I'm still, Oh, I definitely still have the feelings in my heart. And as I'm starting to date again, I'm like, Oh, I can feel myself wanting to close. Like I now understand I've always been such an open hearted person and such a lover and I fall in love easily, but I can feel myself wanting to close and wanting to protect myself. And I never had experienced that or understood that in any of my girlfriends who had talked about it. Like I just, I could understand, I guess, but I couldn't, had an experience that couldn't quite relate. Now I'm like, Oh, I can feel myself doing it. I'm glad I have the self-awareness because I don't want to, but it's, it's really hard. Like, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Hey, it's definitely like, I think for me now, like what I'm currently going through is I'm very much like if I start talking to somebody or seeing somebody, I, I want to feel, I focus on what I want to feel. I want to feel safe and grounded and not, not second guessing, not flighty, not like, oh, do they like me? Do they not? I, I just want consistency because I feel like my path is very yeah. inconsistent. And the inconsistency just, it messes with your head. It triggers that like anxious attachment style because you're like, do they, do they not? So for now, like going forward, like when I start dating, I'm like, how do I feel? Like I check in with myself and am I feeling grounded and safe, seen and appreciated and heard in my full truth? Or do I feel like I have to be mm-hmm. somebody that they want me to be, some kind of version of myself that they find sexy or they find attractive when that's not really you know, who you are and then you just, and then for me, that's just, you can see how it's going to play out because if you're not who you are from the get-go, then it's it's never going to be something that you feel you can just truly sit in and experience and enjoy because you're just like, I have to play a role. I have to be a person. I have to be this and kind of yeah. mask. I'm yeah. so done with playing roles and I'm no longer playing yeah. them and it's, but it's, it's uncomfortable because I knew how to play yeah. those roles very well. Yeah. <laughs> you're an expert role player and now you're like, oh no, the show's over. I have to be myself 24-7. Yeah. And I didn't even know like consciously that I was doing it, but I was, you know, and now it's this constant um, checking in with myself about how yeah. do I feel and like what's my truth right now and speaking my truth. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And I feel as a woman, I don't know about you, but I know I've had these, again, stories put in my head of how I'm meant to speak and behave and act. And guys will say things to me and I'm just like, this is 
so fucking unacceptable. Like, and but once upon a time, you're just meant to be passive and kind of like laugh it off. Whereas now I'm just like, I'm just going to block you because you disgust me and I just don't think this is the kind of energy I want in my life. Whereas once upon a time, I would have almost accepted that energy because I didn't feel like I was worth genuine, proper connection or um, just respect. Mm, Yeah, no, I totally feel you. And I think I've never done a lot of dating. Like I've always Mm -hmm. met someone and kind of fallen straight in. I'm definitely enjoying the process of meeting different people and seeing how I feel in their presence and practicing like just showing up as me. So in some regards, me dating like a bunch of people to like meet different people is a practice and it's kind of, I'm creating like an abundant mindset around it versus a scarce mindset. Cause whenever I've met this one guy and all of a sudden I've got him on a pedestal, I get a scarcity mindset where I'm like, well, you know, he's the only amazing man and he's so amazing and I really want to be with him. And that's probably when the behavior kicks in of like trying to be what I think they want me to be where, which never will work out because eventually I have to come out and be the real me. And then it's just like a bloody mess. So (laughs) what's the point? Um, So now I'm like kind of like meeting different people just to like remind myself that there is an abundance of beautiful, wonderful, amazing people in the world to spend time with and that some of them will become friends and and whatever Um, and practicing just like, sitting in my truth with everyone I meet and if they run the other way then good like let's let that happen yeah. early on and yeah I need to adopt more of that I'm I'm very much encoded since a child and all the Disney movies of like the, the scarcity mindset in like the one true love and that whole thing and I'm like you know I'm just, I'm just searching for them and when I know I'll know and like I just tell myself this shit and I'm just like you're the one who's creating the scarcity because I'm I'm opposite to you I'm very I don't date I'm very just like closed in that regard and then if I meet somebody who I feel I have like there's a kind of like intrigue then I'm like cool like let's explore but I'm very much just like nah nah but then that's my own and then I've got that scarcity mindset of there's I'll meet them eventually, but in the meantime, I'm just like full focused on me. And then whether I'm closing off doors, like you said, like friendships or just other relationships that aren't romantic, I definitely think I am. And so I'm just like, you speaking about this, I'm like, Eliza, you're not in an abundance mindset in regards to this. You should maybe work on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like went on Bumble for this exact yeah. reason because I was like, I just... And I was so, I've never done it before. I've never dated online. So I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I was out of my comfort zone, like going to meet someone that I've only chatted with briefly on an app to Mm. go physically meet them in person. I was like, oh my God, I was so out of my depth. Now it's starting to get more comfortable and I still feel a little bit nervous, but I just like laugh at myself as I'm on my way to meet someone or whatever. But you know, it's actually been around um, Adrian Ellison, who is kind of how we connected um she's one of my best girlfriends and you know she just like is a lot she was like a lot lighter with it all and I was what we were in Bali together and I was watching her and I was like why am I taking this so seriously yeah, like so she's serious. like yeah just go in there and like you might just meet a friend or whatever and yeah. I was like that is so true like why am I taking this so seriously like just get on there see who I meet go have some fun whatever like and yeah. don't overthink it and don't <laughs> worry about it so much and it's just another way of meeting people, but it definitely has helped me um, just 
remember that like there's just so many wonderful people out there that you can just meet for to have in your life whether it ends up being romantic or not but and I think that idea of the one does kind of like close us off quite a bit and it like gets us quite like fixated it also means when we're dating we're like really judging every single person and seeing how they're going to measure up to this even if we haven't like written down the checklist like if you're looking for the one like that's a lot of pressure on that person like they've got to be amazing kind of something I like about non-monogamy is just like oh I love hanging out with this person because of this and I like hanging out with that person because of that and there's definitely people that will come along and you'll feel so much stronger and so much more for and you know I, I probably see myself more on that path of having like a primary partner because I do enjoy kind of sharing life with someone so much but right now I'm enjoying that exploration of like having more than one person in my life and what what they can all bring me and give me yeah I definitely feel like when you're in that space of non-monogamy you I feel like for me it gives you a sense of power but not power in the power trip way just like goddess essence power that like you can have so much abundance I feel like you have there are certain people who bring you certain things that really do enrich your life and I feel like for me when I've been in that situation you just feel so much more I don't like expansive because there's just so much more like it is more of the abundance than relying on one person and feeling that putting that pressure on them and yourself and their relationship to fulfill your every need or whatever it is that people choose to believe and act out that way yeah i mean it's it's an amazing concept it is difficult in reality like sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder and it really Mm -hmm. depends on the people that you're connecting with and where they're at in terms of how they feel about non-monogamy um it's definitely like challenging like I have a partner that I've been with for a couple of years who I was with like while I was in my more committed primary relationship so he's kind of just been like a constant throughout this time but he lives in another state and we don't see each other all the time but um you know it was easier for us when I had my primary partner because I wasn't like there wasn't much happening we got comfortable with that and there it was and now I'm like dating and meeting all these different people and you know, it's a lot for him sometimes to be processing the different things and we do a very good job of it. Um, but what comes up for me sometimes if he's feeling things and I'm like, oh, like I feel bad that he's feeling things. Yeah. And then I start to tell myself like, why am, why are you trying to do this, Sarah? Like, why isn't one person enough? Why, like, why can't you just be normal? Um, and that's where that whole like, uh, not enough or self-worth kind of thing comes in. And it's like, just to sit with that and be like, no, I'm not done with this exploration yet. Like I, I don't know where it's going to land, but I'm still very much interested in it because the monogamy that I've experienced so far didn't quite feel right to me either. Yeah. So I just, I don't know what the answer is, but I've just got to sit through the discomfort and see where we land with it yeah. all. <laughs> Let it all play out. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, I think we can probably wrap there. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that's coming up for you that you want to share? Or? No, I feel like this turned into like a low key dating episode, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Like our experience. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. No, I think like for me, yeah. Like I've all my truth. I feel like that we've talked about has come to light. It's definitely, it's an amazing time to be, I think a young woman, like, Oh yeah. It's an amazing time. That is definitely um, something that I'm grateful for every single day, even though as women, there is still work to be done and there is still like 
areas of equality that we can yeah. move into more fully and respect and worship of the feminine is, you know, still rising. Um, I am just grateful every single day yeah. for every woman who has walked before me and gotten us to the point that we are at yeah. because um, it is a much better time to be a woman now than it was 20 years yeah. ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. So even, I'm very yeah. grateful. And like, even in the space of just like self-development and personal awareness, like I couldn't imagine being a female 50 years ago and having the kind of breakthroughs and realisations that we're having now as like a collective. Like it's just mm-hmm. just working through all the generational bullshit and all the childhood trauma so you can be the best possible person you can be to then help all the people in your vicinity. Like I think that's it's magic. It is. And we're so, so very blessed. So I'm glad you raised that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcasts or sarahregalhooth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregalhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.